Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys, man, it's good. Good to be here. Man, I'm, I'm excited. It's a, this is going to be a great text, Leviticus chapter 21. Do you, you think we're ever going to get through Leviticus? Yeah, we'll get through it. Eventually? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, you know, I think... We spent, the, we spent two or three chapters, I mean, three, two or three nights on, on a couple of verses. I, I mean, but on the grand order of things, I think we spent a lot longer in Genesis, a lot longer in Exodus. A lot longer books. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's pray. We'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study together. I pray your blessings upon Cole and I as we study, that we will, that we will uh, get the things out of the text and present them. Uh, that you want presented. And we thank you for the opportunity. Father, we pray for those who are watching. Uh, pray for those who are who are striving to learn, grow. And we understand that, Father. We understand that uh, that they they listen to this to to try to understand the text. We want we want them to help to help them to find the truth. And and we know studying of your word is how we're going to find that. And we pray your blessings upon it. That we won't be biased. We won't try to have an agenda, but we'll just present the truth. And we thank you for the opportunity. Bless us, Father, as we go through this study this, this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think for the place that most yearly Bible plans go to die, I think we're doing, doing yeah. pretty good. Doing mine, pretty mine good. did. Got yeah. to Leviticus and go, God, gosh, man. What, what is, what what is, is this? <laughs> you know, I got to the part where I couldn't eat catfish. I'm done. Yeah, I'm right. Done. Like, I couldn't eat catfish. Eat cat I can't eat lobster. What are you yeah, talking yeah, about here? This is insane. I'm, done, I'm not man. doing this. I'm done, well, I mean, and, and look, you know, right? So in, we looked at verses uh, five last week. We got into a little bit about verse five and stuff. Priests must not shave their heads mm -hmm. or shave off the edges of their beards or cut their bodies. They must be holy to their God. And, uh, you know, we you look at stuff like that and you're like, wait a minute. Am I, am I as a Christian, is that, does that come across the bridge? Is that? You know, and, and reminder, mm -hmm. you know, look, this is the covenant at Sinai. Mm -hmm. So the covenant at Sinai is the covenant that God established through Moses mm -hmm. with the people of Israel mm -hmm. for the people of Israel. We're talking about biological descendants, okay, to be his people. Mm -hmm. So is that covenant, are we bound by that well, covenant? You have to ask yourself too. Let, let's put it back in context, okay? We are at the mountain three, four months in. After the after they left Egypt, after, they after left it, Egypt. they've the left Egypt, they've left come Egypt. to Mount Sinai, they've gotten the law. Moses has broke the law. They went back, got it again. You know, they 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 made the golden calf. This is all in a four, five, six, maybe maybe, couple, maybe they're a couple years in or a year in. No, no, they're they're by the time they get months. rolling, they may be. 
But by the time they get rolling, they're about a year and a half in. Okay, well, let's just say, okay, so when he writes Leviticus, you know, there's a structure being being planned and being put in place to guide these people. That's right. To keep them spiritually on the right track, keep them physically on the right track, to keep them health-wise on the right track. You know, he's doing all this stuff. That's what he's doing. You know, because they've been in bondage for 400 years, and here we are in Leviticus, and he and into Leviticus 21 and 22. Okay, here's the guys that are going to lead you spiritually. Here are the guys. It's the tribe of Levi, the family of Aaron, because they stepped up to help Moses at the time of the golden calf. They're the ones. He said, "Will anybody stand up and help?" And they stepped stepped up, pulled out their swords, and killed 3,000 of their fellow countrymen. Okay? And God said, because of this, he said, I'm going to bless you. And and it, when they get into the promised land, they're not going to get property. They're right. going to get cities. You know, So God's going to take care of them. But he has a special mission for them. They are the spiritual guides and leaders of the church, of the, of the, of the nation. Of the, of the nation. Of the nation. Right. And yeah, they were under a covenant relationship. Right. Jesus comes along and says, oh, by the way, I'm going to change the covenant. I'm going to change it. You see this? You see this chalice? It's got this this bowl. It's got my blood. This is the wine. It's, it signifies my blood which during is, the Last Supper. During the Last Supper, which is the which is the blood of the new covenant. Right. Going to be a covenant that Jeremiah tells us it's not going to be like the other one. That's right. It's not going to be based on physical killing of animals and shedding blood. Well, we, there's no need. No. You know, no. Jesus said, you said, by the way, I'm going to change this. Well, what he said was, I'm going to fulfill this covenant. Yeah. And that's, the, that's right. He the covenant fulfill. at Sinai was meant to be fulfilled. Yeah. It was there. It was pointing forward all the time. Always. Always pointing forward. Always pointing forward to what? To the cross. To the Well, it was pointing to, forward, yeah, to Jesus. To Jesus. To the coming who was, Messiah. Who John said is the Lamb of God. Right. Who takes away the sin of the world. That's right. No longer a physical lamb. Now we have God is the land. And that's what the book of Hebrews is really all about. Absolutely. The book of Hebrews is about Absolutely. the superiority of Absolutely. Jesus Absolutely. to all of these other other okay. people and avenues and things. And, and essentially elements of the covenant at Sinai. So these guys were going to be spiritual guides for this nation of people as they trek through this next 40 years. That's right. And then the the years that, that were going to come after that as they go in to dominate and take care of the well, they're, they're he, meant to be, you're calling them spiritual guides, right? So the, the text calls them priests. Mm -hmm. And you're right, that is a spiritual guide. So a priest's function is to stand in the place of God for people mm -hmm. and to stand before God in the place of people. So to be people before God and to be God before people. Yeah. They're the intermediaries. Yeah. That's the idea, right? The Jesus is the chief intermediary. He yes. is the high priest. He mm -hmm. is our high priest. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really the function here. So they're going to get, like you said, they're going to get disseminated all throughout the land. They're going to get spread out, mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be teaching the people of Israel what it means to follow God. Yeah, how to be a light one, to the one rest of the, of the world. One of the uh, one of the, the the guys that comes to mind for me is is Ezra. Mm. When they go back in the now he's a he's a he's a he's a teacher. He's a priest. He's a he's a uh, uh, We're talking way down the way road. Way down the road. Yes, way, way down, down the road. road. But if you read the book of Ezra, mm -hmm. he comes in and his job is to get them back to, and they have a specific problem at the end of the chapter nine, and he tells them this is what you have to do. Right. And that, that's that's kind of in essence what it, yeah. what the, then you look at 21 and 22, these, all these regulations for them, these priests to stay holy. That's right. Yeah. To stay, to stay, because, and I like one of them, he said, verse seven says, they must not marry uh, women, they must not marry women defiled by prostitution or divorce from their husbands because priests are, are holy to their God. Regard them as holy because they offer up the food of your God 
consider them holy because I and the Lord am holy. I who make you holy. He said, he said they have to be careful in the things they do. That's right. Because they stand in front of people and they stand in front of people representing God to the people and, and the, the people to God. That's right. So they are that intermediary. So it's, it's important. But again, it's a shadow. Yes. It's a shadow of the truth, right? And I love the Hebrew writer because he, he makes that really clear, right? It's a shadow of the, the what is well, actually going to come down so, the road. So what is the what is it what is the connection then to us? I mean, when you look at that, we've talked we've told you guys before, you know, you look at this stuff and say, Okay, what does this mean? What does this mean down the road? If we're always pointing down the road, well, is there some significance down the road? Well, what it it what it first means is these the the vast majority of these stipulations are not bound on us. No, no we are no, not no. we are not adherents to this covenant. Yeah, that's we, why that's why I said, you know, understand what's significant, what the time frame is, what is he doing here? He's trying. Remember, he said you're going to be going down, and you're going to be going by a lot of nations. And chapter eighteen said they're going to do this stuff and don't do that. Right. So this was how this was how the priests of God were set apart, were holy, were different from the pagan nations around them. Yes. So it's you can actually infer what the pagan nation priests practiced, yeah. right? What they were allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when Rome, uh, now we're talking a couple thousand years yeah. after this, when Rome took over Israel, they were so impressed with the law of Moses, with the covenant at Sinai, with, the, with this agreement between this nation and their God, <laughs> they were so impressed with it, they allowed Israel to continue to worship. Yeah. Right. In fact, when Christianity eventually came out from under the umbrella of Judaism, the Romans began persecuting it and accusing the Christians of being atheists mm -hmm. because they didn't believe in, in all of the, the pagan stuff. Well, the Jews didn't either, but the Jews were allowed to continue because, because, because of the unique nature of this law. Yeah. So um, it's really quite interesting. It is rather, it is incredibly unique. The law of Moses, the covenant in Sinai, this, this stuff we're talking about through Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus now um, is, is very, very unique, even in the Middle East. It's mm -hmm. very, very... Uh, it's a very cool thing. It's it's what God has given to his people. But again, these stipulations are meant for them. Yeah. Now, yes, yeah, some of them do come across the bridge. Some yeah. of them are are brought into the new covenant. And we've been looking at that over the last couple of weeks about being holy. I mean, right. th that that the demand is not has not changed. We talked about it last week right. about trans about being transformed. We've looked at text, you know, that we're supposed to be holy. It tells us that. You know, well, does it go even farther than that? I think it does. Oh, it absolutely. I does. think it does. Yeah. yeah. So we, so within within Israel, right within the nation of Israel, we've already pointed out there was a single tribe. There were twelve tribes, and there was a single tribe that was that were the that were considered priests, yeah. and that were the Levites, yeah. right? And that was Aaron had the high priesthood, and he was a Levite. And he was a Levite. So it was Moses. They were Levites. So it was Moses. So it was the Levites that had that priesthood that were that were charged and, and, with offering these sacrifices. That, I think Jesus does not come from that tribe. He does not. No. He comes from the tribe of Judah. He comes from the tribe. That's of why Judah. Hebrews when you read it, it says Jesus is not going to be a priest like Aaron. That's right. No, he's not. He's not because he doesn't have the lineage. Well, not only does he not have the lineage, but he's and he's far superior. Yes. Aaron, right? We've already looked at the the day of atonement Leviticus 16, the pinnacle of the law. Right? This is a man entering and how do we how does a man re-enter into the presence of God? He's got to offer sacrifices yeah. for his own sin. But when you look Jesus at when you sin. look at this at this priesthood and it the the pinnacle is the high priest. That's right. Jesus is gonna be a high priest. Yes. He but he's not a high priest like Aaron. 
No. Because he doesn't have the mother and father seed line that Aaron does. He doesn't come from the tribe of Levi. He doesn't come from the tribe that, of Levi. And for right. the, the Hebrews, it's really written to the Jews. Right. And he, and they look at it and say, okay, then what? Because it's going to be different. Right. And and uh, he's and a course, royal priest. Yeah, he's a royal priest. He's a he's a he's a a, a kingly priest. a kingly priest. Yes, he's a in the order priest. of Melchizedek. Yes, which who is both both high priest and king. And king, yeah. So I think we need to look at a couple of texts. In the well, as Christians, we are priests. Mm -hmm. We are made to be priests. Yeah. we are we are under our high priest, mm -hmm. who is Jesus. Well, you think about it. He says we are all sons and daughters of Jesus. Okay, we're all we're all sons and daughters of God of the mm -hmm. of the family. We've been added by God, and we are the household of God, the, which is the church. And so that makes us a seed line in of itself, That's a right. spiritual seed line that has become a seed, a nation, a, a tribe of priests. Well, Paul says in Christ, if you've been baptized into Christ, you are heirs Ab of Abraham. Yeah. you are truly children yeah. of Abraham. But we come from. We come from the seed line, the spiritual seed line of Jesus. That's right. Not the spiritual seed line of Aaron. We come, we come from that seed line of Jesus, which makes us, if he's a priest, then I'm one. That's right. I'm one. I had a really tough time grabbing a hold of this when I was young, when I first became a Christian. Well, let's because look, look that's at not what the That's not what my my thought process sure because i came from a from a place where that was not that was never going to be so yeah the expectation for you if you if you claim christ if mm -hmm. you if you are a disciple of christ the expectation is that you are a priest of god that yeah. you you are now a priest yeah. it's not just like it's not you know clergy who are priests oftentimes mm -hmm. we think of clergy ministers pastors or elders or deacons or bishops we think of them as oh well they're priests mm -hmm. not me that's not true yeah we are all priests in Christ, and yeah. and you've got some texts that he, need Hebrew. I mean, Revelation chapter five. I think it's a great take. There's two texts in Revelation chapter five and chapter one, but chapter five is it really starts in verse nine, and it says, "And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll.' They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about the 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 the, the resurrected Lamb, and he said, "You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God." Persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. This is fulfillment of the of the of the promise to Abraham. I'm going to through your seed, all nations going to be blessed. And he said, you said that you took your own blood in Hebrews. Hebrews tells us that he takes his own blood in the holy of holies. He didn't take the blood of an animal. Takes his own blood in there to purchase. Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty eight, I think says, and you purchase the church with your own blood. That's right. Okay, and then he says, then the next verse says, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So what is this? What is this lamb who is worthy to open the scrolls, taking his own blood? He was slain, taking his own blood, and walking into the holy of holies to offer sacrifice for the sins of mankind. And then he, and then it says, and you made them into a kingdom. That's right. And you made them and and priests to serve our God. So who's he talking about? Us. Us. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about the church. He's talking about. That we are become been made and and our our goal his goal was for us to rule and to reign with him. He reigns over the earth as we speak. It's, it's God said in Ephesians chapter one that he that he put all his enemies as a, in a footstool under his feet. You know he uh, and one day he's going to come back and claim what's his own. Right now we have a responsibility. And now look at chapter one, chapter one and verse five. It's a Revelation one. Yeah, this is Revelation chapter one, and and he says, uh, let's see. 
and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and, and power forever and ever. Amen. It says basically the same thing, but here he says he's taken his, he, 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 uh, he said he freed us from our sins by his own blood. Okay. How does, how does, how is sin removed from our lives? By his own blood. That's right. We're freed from it by his own. He, Ephesians chapter one, verse seven says we have redemption through his blood. So then why is, why does it say to, uh, why does Ananias say to Paul in Acts 22? Why does he say, then what are you waiting for? Arise, get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name. Baptism and wash away your sins. Well, we have been accused of believing that we believe in water salvation. That's garbage. No. That's not what we believe in at all. I don't know any any member of the church that that believes that. I believe in being washed by the blood. Yeah. I believe that we can come in contact when we're obedient to Him yeah, and do what He tells us. The distinction is where does that happen? Yeah, and and that's I think where the the separation is. Right. So many. Uh, many evangelicals or denominations would try to argue that oh well it's just because you say you believe that that's calling on the name of the lord but even that very text we look at acts 22 16 ananias says arise and be baptized and wash and you have to ask yourself calling on the name of the lord so how do we call on the name of the lord what's what's the expectation well the expectation is peter says right baptism now saves you not the removal of filth from flesh it's not you taking bath it's not the physical but the appeal to of, God. Of a clear conscience. Of a clear conscience. You so, know, you ask, you ask yourself, if, if people say, well, it's when you say you believe in God. Okay, well, when did Paul say you believed in God? I mean, when, did, when did he say it? He uh, said it on the road to Damascus. On the road to Damascus. He said, what do you want me to do, Lord? Yeah, he, he, he acknowledged him. at that. Yeah, I, yeah I'm looking at you. I, 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 I can't do anything but believe now. And so when Ananias goes to him and the scales come off his eyes and he can and he can see and and uh, and Ananias says God's got a job for you. Well, and it's interesting that James says, right? Even the devil, the demons and the devils believe and they tremble. Mm -hmm. So again, you can acknowledge Jesus is Lord. You can say, yeah, I I agree that Jesus is Lord, but that in and of itself is nothing. No. Because no, it's it, it it's that that means certain things, and for someone, for example, to the demons and devils, it means condemnation. Mm -hmm. They understand that because Jesus mm -hmm. is Lord, because he has he has now taken the throne mm -hmm. and everything else, they're going to be destroyed. Yeah. If you say Jesus is Lord and then walk away, mm -hmm. James says very clearly, it's like it's like looking at the the mirror, looking mm -hmm. in the mirror and seeing yourself, right, and then going, yeah, but I'm I'm not going to do anything yeah. about it and walk away and forgetting yeah. what you've seen. So, it's more more about the call to a lifestyle the more about call to obedience more about right it, it's always interesting when we get into these discussions about baptism i have an entire study based on that what is this what what is this thing that we're doing because when you study the book of acts very quickly you'll see that every single person who encountered the gospel was in fact baptized yeah every one of them so what is it and the very first thing we do is we establish that it's a command from christ mm. that's the very first thing we look at christ himself said Go into all the world. He goes, I, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I've been given all authority under heaven and earth, right? I, I have been given the authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So what is baptism? It's a command. It's not something that that we look at and it's it's up to us to do or and, not and do I, or and not I like yet. that text or, because it doesn't say just make disciples right it just doesn't, doesn't no. say just teach them to obey it says make disciples baptize them 
teach them to obey. That's right. So, so, so it's, this is a this is not a we're going to throw forty of you in the water at the same time. That's not what, this is about a teaching process right. that we go through, learning and growing and being made into a disciple. You know, and it's and it's by faith. Yeah, you can't look look if if you're just going to jump in the water and jump out and you don't understand what God is doing, you don't you don't have any faith that God is doing anything, you don't have I mean if when you start breaking down what baptism is, right? Ananias 22:16, right? Wash away your sins. Uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 38, right? And be baptized, you will receive forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 3:24, if you any of you who are baptized into Christ have been are now sons of God, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 6, now you are a new creation. Why? Because you've been baptized into yeah. Christ. Okay, so we when we look at all of these different things that God is doing, none of this is a work of man. No. None of this can no. be affected by man. This is God working through this process. Yeah. And so if you don't have faith, if you don't have confidence and assurance that God is working through this process, mm-hmm. if you don't know that God is working through this process, can you have faith in it? Well, uh, no. No. Can't. No. You know, so, I, you said something a while ago that, that I had not heard in, in a long time. No, well, I, I've heard it, but it just didn't connect with me. When we were talking about uh, Jesus being a priest, a high priest, different than Aaron, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the lineage because he's not of the tribe of Levi. Couldn't be a priest. Under the old law, he can't be a priest. Yeah, under the covenant, yeah. Under the covenant, he can't yeah, be a priest. He, he can't. So he has to be a different kind of priest. He has to be a priest like Melchizedek. And that's a very that's a that's a very difficult concept to for, to people to grab a hold of. Sure. Because Melchizedek, we don't have any record of him ever of anything, not anywhere. But we do know is what we do have is is that he was called a king, mm-hmm. and he's a priest, and he was appointed by God to be a priest. And and we know that Abraham paid alms to him. That's right. And honored him and worshipped him as a he king. Gave a tenth. Gave a tenth. And and so you said something a while ago that that Jesus was now a royal priest. Well, if you look at First Peter chapter two, mm-hmm. and look at what he says, and look at verse uh, uh, verse nine, it says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. He's talking about I, the church here. You, you can you can <laughs> preach on that text. You could preach for a month on that one verse. There's so much there, you know, but the the idea of being royalty because Jesus was royalty and because he has adopted me, you know, you guys are going to go through adoption with your sons mm-hmm. for too long, right? This month. Yes. It's going to be finalized this month, right? Finally. That yes. right? Very and, excited. <laughs> and, and, y'all, and y'all's, those two little boys are going to become your sons. Yes. With your last name, you've already changed their first names. They're already, you know, everybody calls them by their by their new names, and they're going to have a new last name, and they're going to be your children, right? Mm-hmm. God says in Galatians 4 that he adopted us. That's right. We said. So now he's changed my name, gave me the name Christian, and, and brought me in to be part of his family. Well, now I have the lineage. Now, whether those little boys were born to you and Jessica or not, makes no difference. Makes no difference. They still have the lineage of you and That's your right. wife. Legally, legally, they may not have the DNA physically, well, but they have the they have the legal. Right, they legally are your children, and so and and that's an important concept because in, in Roman law, right? So we make this distinction, mm-hmm. right? In our twenty first century context, it's very often that people go, "Oh, well, we, you know, yeah, but they're adopted." Yeah, what does it yeah. does it make a difference in under Roman law? The adopted children had just as much legal standing 
as your biological Well, they children. became Roman citizens. They, they, you would become a Roman citizen. And I mean, the adoption into a Roman family, adoption was very common in the Roman world. And it was, it was like you, you would have within their context, you would have just as much legal standing as the and, biological and you know, son and you know, or child. I mean, there was people in, in, the, in the New Testament that were very, very matter of fact, I wasn't born here. I bought my way in, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I wasn't born a Christian, okay? Mm -hmm. Jesus made me one. That's right. He adopted me. And now I'm not only a Christian. I'm not only, I like what he said. He said, I'm not only chosen, and, he, and I, this is not about predestination, God. This is about God chose me through the gospel. That's how he calls us, through the gospel, through the death, burial, and resurrection, and through the whole gamut of what Jesus did, the good news of Jesus coming to earth, you know, that was prophesied about, you know, before the foundation of the earth. And, and you look at this, it says, I'm a chosen person. I am a royalty. I am, I am royalty. And he said, a holy nation, God's special possession. That means I belong to him. It means you belong to him. If you've been washed by the blood and been added by God to the family, then you are God's possession. And, and but go ahead, go ahead. What I want you know, we know we talked at the beginning of this what the priest's job was, right? It was to present the people to God and God to the people, right? That's right. So they have a special mission. They didn't have time to plant fields and, and do all that stuff. God was going to take care of them to to by giving them giving them places giving them food they didn't have to plant and sow because god was going to take care of them you had to give to the priest you know i mean i mean the the uh, the the priest if you look at eli remember eli the judge his sons were priests all right and it says that they're what they were to do is they were to drop the hook in the in the pot and whatever came out that's what they ate and they trusted god to take care of them what they were doing Hophni and Phinehas, what they were doing is they were taking the choices meat first and then throwing the rest of it and in the pot. And they didn't want it boiled first. Either. No, they oh, wanted oh, roasted. The boil, the boil. They wanted roast roasted meat. Really they wanted roast raw meat. Raw roasted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, let but, the fat burn up first. And yeah. No, we're not going to let the fat burn up. So they were stealing from God. Yeah. yeah. And so and so here he tells us, he said, man, I'm a royal priest. I have a job to do. I have to present I have that these guys in the Old Testament. I have to present God to the people. Well, they weren't doing it. No, they and, and then I have to present God to the to the people of God. Well, they weren't doing it. Well, part of it was Eli's fault as a father. But what happens is they all three of them die on the same day. Oh, and, so, and this is all in 1 Samuel. Yeah, it's in 1 Samuel. But, but this but is during the, the time the, of just judges. Just to illustrate of, of how important, important the job their is. job was. Well, how important. Look at what he says here. He said that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know about you. We talked about this some last week, Cole, about your transfer. I wanted you to tell tell the audience what your transformation was like. You had a lady that, that came and you interviewed for a, a month. I mean, there was four or five different uh, sessions that has come to God and is, is taking the, the, she's a missionary, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, somebody you know personally that you've had dealings with. And, uh, you know, the the probably the most important, significant event in my life was the day I knew that the Holy Spirit had indwelled me and I was no longer a child of Satan. I was a child of God. That's right. Probably the most significant day of my life. I remember that it was on a Tuesday. I don't remember the date, but I remember it was on a Tuesday. And I remember my wife was eight months pregnant. I remember exactly where we were. I remember exactly who was there. I remember who did it. You know, because because what happened to me on that time frame, that, that week 
time frame before as I was coming to that place. Right. You know, I look at this and I said, wow, he is calling me out of darkness into his light. And he is qualifying. You've been, you've been, you've been studying with us on Sunday morning out of the book of Colossians. And one of them was in chapter one where it says we have been qualified. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Been qualified to share in the light of the sun, right? We've been qualified. You know, I, I, and whenever I teach that text, I always go back to uh, when we used to we used to be big into going to the drag drag races in in Houston, and we'd go to we'd go to the Spring Nationals, which was a a big professional event. You know, where where all the top name, you know, funny car and and, and top fuel guys are going. And uh, but for two days, Thursday, I mean for three days, for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Or Friday and Saturday, they are doing nothing but qualifications. Hmm. And there may be 30, 40 guys show up. Only 16 get to race on Sunday. Okay. And we'd go sometimes on Saturday and watch qualifying. And it wasn't near as much fun. We'd go, we wanted to go on Sunday where you where you could see the actual and and those guys were they would they raced four times during those two days to get qualified to be number 16. Every time they race, they take a time and they they may jump two spots or one spot. Right. Okay, and then the number sixteen guy has to race the number one guy. Number two guy gets race fifteen guy, and so uh, you know it's all qualifying. God did that; He qualified me. That means I'm in the race. I'm in the I'm in the show. And so I'm looking around and going. Well, I love and I love that example because you say I'm in the race, I'm in the show, and that's exactly what it is. Paul yeah. says that. Look, there it starts. When you put them on, mm-hmm. that's when the race actually starts. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, you're in the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to somebody about it and they were like, no, 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 you don't, you don't, but you don't belong to God. And I'm like, or you don't belong to the devil. And I'm like, that's the, the entire language of salvation and redemption mm-hmm. means that we had to belong to somebody else for God yep. to buy us back. Yep. Yep. And so it starts, right? Paul says, now that, now that you've received grace, mm-hmm. live a life worthy of the Lord. Yep. Right. Yep. And so. It is a qualifying. God qualifies us to actually run this race. I think and we are expected to run the race. I think we I think we need to look maybe next week at, at what does it mean to declare the praises? What did it mean for these guys? What did, what was what was God what did God require of these priests in that time frame? What did he require of them? Some of the things he's gonna say in twenty one and twenty two. And and then what is what is the requirement for us to declare the praise of him? I want to look at one more text. Okay. I know we're running out of time, but I okay. want to look at one more text All in right. Ephesians All right. chapter two. Oh, okay. Good text. I know Lee's scrambling to to bring it up. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk this out a little bit. But you said royal priesthoods. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. We have royal priesthoods. Someone yep. might go, well, wait a minute. If we're royal, if we are now royalty, royalty. in the line of mm-hmm. Christ, that mm-hmm. means that we should have access to the throne. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to say is it's actually much better than just access mm-hmm. to the throne. Because in a, in a traditional monarchy, only one person sits on the throne. Yeah. But in God's monarchy, in God's household, we've been adopted to sonship. It's more the Roman understanding mm-hmm. of adoption, which means that we have full legal rights yep. as much yep. as mm-hmm. a original heir, mm-hmm. which means as much as Christ. And I want you, I want you to, I want to read this to you. But because of his great love, this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Grace. God's decision to not deal with us as we deserve. Grace. Mm -hmm. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where is Christ sitting again? Sitting on the throne of God in his right hand. 
And we are where are we seated? Sitting next to him. In order Sitting with him. See us in order in that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You know what's what's amazing about this is is we look inside. No, I am. I'm not. I'm in Victoria, Texas, 2023. No, in God's mind, I'm sitting there on the on the dais with Him, sitting on the stage with Him as a child of the King. And and so it's going to continue here. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So wait a minute. You just said, in my mind, I'm sitting here in Victoria, Texas. Mm -hmm. But in God's mind, right, according to God, I'm seated on the throne with Christ. Yep. Faith. He said we're saved by grace through faith. Faith in what? Faith is confidence and assurance <laughs> in things not That's seen. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to hold on to, we have to believe, we have to grab and onto. Re and remember that we have a job to do, declaring that praise, that honor, and that wonderment of coming from darkness to light. And I don't think church, I don't think churches, I don't think Christians do that enough. I don't think they, I don't think they see that and grab the magnitude of, of the significance of it in their life. Maybe we need to talk about that next week. All right, let's pray. We'll talk about that next week. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we had to, to share text with uh, with our audience we pray your blessings upon each one of us that we will uh, have the courage to to stand up to what the text says to do and to do those things that that we're required that are required of us as priests in the kingdom thank you father we know that we don't deserve any of this we know that you have given us you have blessed us with this adopted us and put us in in a place where we are we're called by you to honor and and worship and glorify you by the things that you've called us to do you've created things job for us to do father you said that in ephesians chapter 2 and we thank you for it help us to see it clearly and help us to not uh, shirk our responsibility in jesus name we pray amen amen that's a good class